Yeah. Oh, that's, Sometimes I get a I got party. pocket sausage. Giggity. <laughs> <Okay. That's a laughs> oh, yeah. I can go, right? Yes. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. It's funny. Oh, gross. This week, we're talking Phobab 2023 with Ray Stout and Matthew Moldenhauer. This is episode 121 of the Malting Hour. What's the haps on the hops? Guy, yeast, that's beast. This is the Malting Hour where we talk about our drink and tell you what we think every other week. And if we get drunk, well, we might slur our speech. Got the gift of gab, the friends you wish you had. Join us for a drink, join us for a laugh. Time is never wasted, where you getting wasted? The molten hour here, people, people take your places. People, people take your places. People, people take your home. Welcome to the Malting Hour. I am one of your hosts, Tony Hullick, joined always with Brandon Winninger. And to his right... And to his right, we have our special guest back for his third time. Ray Stout. Welcome back, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, man, thanks for coming back and hey, joining us. Good, Matt, good it's good to see you, too. But you're you're getting to the point now where it's like, yeah, I really ask anymore. You're not a special you're guest just here. anymore. You're just here with us. <laughs> no, it's not an insult. You're going to no. get harassed like Dan now. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't treat you like Dan. I'll never treat you like Dan. I can wrestle you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I won't treat you like Dan. <laughs> Uh, so welcome everybody to the 121st episode of the Malting Hour. One, two, one. We made it. Ooh, 121st? Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's also the 21st anniversary of something else. Of what, Brandon? What? It's the 21st anniversary of the Festival of Wood and Barrel-Aged Beers. There should be like an insert of like a sound effect probably. Uh, Which is why Ray is here. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Ray, thanks for coming back, man. We appreciate it. But first, before we get into that, we are going to talk about Phobab because that's why we did bring you here. And Matthew, that's why you're here as well. Um, Don't shrug your shoulders, man. You're here for a reason. Hey, it's great to be here because we are part of Phobab and it's one of our favorite things. There we go. Uh, And even just being out of GADF, how many brewers out in Denver are coming to Phobab and excited by it. So it's definitely one of the big things for Illinois and Chicago to showcase what we do. I remember last year we were able to seek out specific beers that we got to try at GABF that were at Phobab. And like when we saw it, we are like, oh, oh, that's great that this is here because we got a chance to try it, so we got to try it again. Like Sometimes at GABF, like, there might be only one time you're going to try that beer, just like at Phobab. Like, if you come in or it's the first time you're coming to Phobab... You're not going to get it at the special release. That's the great thing about um, uh, festivals like those. But Brandon, what the hell are we drinking? Uh, we are kicking off our Fobab uh, night with Old Stock Ale from North Coast Brewing Company. Uh, this is a 2015 Cellar Reserve. Um, so for those that uh, listen, uh, Tony and I, about two years ago, cracked into a 2009 Old Stock Ale. And that we were both blown away, and that was like our the top of our Maltese uh, when we were rating beers. So uh, thoroughly impressed with it. Uh, excited to see how this 2015 has held up, or if it needed a couple more years. I don't know. Um, or should it be you know consumed earlier? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so actually, I'll read the description too. It says Old Stock Cellar Reserve is a small batch, limited release that has been aged in wheat whiskey barrels. The aging process gives this world-class beer uh, an added layer of complexity, a memorable drink that should be enjoyed as a completely unique offering. You think these were Weller barrels before they were allowed to say it was Weller? Hmm. Oh, Probably. It wheat whiskey? Yeah. Why weren't they able to say Weller? I don't know. Well, because... I think it was Legality. around this time, but yeah. uh, they, they sold to... Uh, uh, Buffalo Trace before they, oh, they were right. uh, private, so it just might have been before they were part of a larger company that they just kept. I will tell you this: Weller is the first bourbon that I knew that was a weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had any other weeded bourbons until I had Weller. Yeah, I mean that's the big one, Larceny. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember the first Weller that I had it was the Red Label. I don't know which one is which one that is. But it was delicious, and I fell in love with it right away. And Brandon showed off with his green ones, bought me a green one, still got some left. Thanks, buddy. What? Oh, the Weller? Yeah. Was it Special Reserve? Sure. Probably. Yeah. So what's everybody's uh, impression of this beer so far? Ray, what do you think? 
Uh, I think I think it's great. And so one um, recent tip that I learned from a beer judge, if you really want to get a lot of the aromas, you actually cover the top of the glass while you spin it, and then you throw your nose in and take a big whiff. Good. And you get a lot more of the noses on it. I find myself mm. um, struggling a lot picking up notes um, through my nose, and so that's a little little tidbit for all your yeah. all your listeners out there. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's wonderful. I think it's pretty well balanced. Um, has a good amount of sweetness actually on the finish for me, and uh, you know this is something that uh, I would I would enjoy again for sure. I mean, for an eight year old beer, yeah, it helps but really nicely. Do you have the headphones up very loud right now? No, I I can hear us talking. Wow. <laughs> a little echo, a little bit of an echo. Sorry, I'm not sure if the other microphone was if your microphone was picking it up. Sorry. Um, hear myself say um and everything. Uh, I. <laughs> That that is a, that's what that's the reason why I brought you on was to give us that tidbit. Yeah, by well, the way, I've heard my company. We did. You can bye, leave. Bye, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, we were really impressed with the 2009 because of how well it had held up, and I think that this kind of is all, not kind of, but I think really has like held up to probably what it was when it was freshly bottled. There's, I'm not getting any off flavors. Um, I don't get really get oxidation in there, but also, you know. My senses aren't as good as everybody else. <laughs> no, but I think this is one of those styles that oxidation, a lot of times people go like kind of like cardboard, but it can also be kind of a honeyed uh, flavor. And so I think with that like deep raisin plum notes, uh, the oxidation with that kind of honeyness uh, lends itself to the style. That's why some of these beers work so well in aging. I agree, Aggie. Aggie agrees. Aggie wants to, to try it. You can't do it, Aggie. Can't have beer. Yeah, it's Brandon. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say the same thing. I, I'm, I'm trying the to the exact I mean, same I thing. I can't remember back to the the 2009. I feel like that one may have had a little more body to it. This, yeah, I mean, this call. isn't this isn't super thin, but like I do remember there being a little more body, and that was kind of one of the shocking things about it being because at the time we had it, it was like a 11 year old beer. Or, Something Close like to that. it. Or ten, like that. 10 years old. 10 years old. I think we <coughs> yeah. had it in 2019. So, I mean, that was just, um, I was impressed with that. This one, too, I'm, I'm getting a, a lot of those same flavors that I liked, which is kind of why when I saw this, you know, sitting back there, I was like, you know what, let's, let's pull this one. Um, and I and I love that, like, that deep, dark raisin, like, that yeah. molasses, that, mm-hmm. like, brown sugar. Like, those notes just kind of shine through with this, and it just makes it uh, that much more pleasant to drink. So This, this is, like, a good beer to... To segue, obviously, into to, uh, obviously for me, uh, into Fobab and like, cause Fobab, as everybody who has listened, we, you know, we we had a chance to go last year and we talked about, it, and Ray, you joined us last year as well, and we, like, it, it is like the great like transition time of like, you know, now we're in the fall, so you can start, you know, brown ales, there's pumpkin beers, Oktoberfest, things like this. We're slowly creeping into those deep. Delicious stouts and barrel age goodness. It's my favorite time of year. God damn it! <laughs> I went to my doctor. She said I'm okay, so that's, that's all right. I have to take a stress test, but other than that, you know, I just got to lose some right. weight. Right. Still look forward to stout season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we brought us uh, Ray. We brought you back to talk about Fobab, and it's the 21st year of Fobab going on. So yeah, tell no, us a little bit about it. It's exciting, and you know, I will. I will say I agree with you that this is my favorite time of year. Especially in the Illinois beer scene, right? Absolutely. You're still having some of those summer lighter lagers kicking around. You're getting through some of those Oktoberfests and those fest beers and those Martsons. People are just kind of stepping into their barrel, heavy, heavier season. So it's kind of the perfect storm of, of, of every kind of delicious beer that you could imagine. You Absolutely. Know? And uh, we do all, all of them well, pretty well here in Illinois, and it's pretty exciting. Um, but hey, Fobap. Um, so, you know, for, for folks who haven't heard of this before, this is, sorry, Brennan's holding a cat over his head. Um, relax, Aggie. Just uh, relax. You know, Fobab is the Festival of Wooden Barrel Aged Beer, and so we're going on our 21st year, and this year it's going to be held at the Credit One Union Arena. Such a um, good venue, by it, the way. Like, it's, it's so much, like, the ease and access through there, like, even when we were there an hour early, and then when it was super packed... I never felt like I was like, oh my god, this is too much. I think the setup and the setup was really nice. And kind of to your point, the only time the only time I think things got crazy was when they were announcing winners. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And people kind of run towards it. And then you just run to the other crap that you want to drink. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, see you later. Drink that already. Yeah, the second day is Saturday. So obviously it's a, it's a festival, but also a competition, right? And so it's across 12 different styles. Um, we issue gold, silver, and bronze um, across the styles and as well as best in show. But you're absolutely right. If you're there and it's uh, thir- uh, Friday and Saturday, so it's going to be November 3rd and November 4th. And so um, if you're there November 3rd, Third, you're going to have free reign of the place. You could try everything you want. But that November 4th day, after they announce winners, it gets pretty hot and heavy. Yeah. People people don't walk, they run. Um, but I agree, the the location has been great. You know, it's, FOBAB has gone through many maturations in many different locations over the years, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're at the UIC's basketball arena, right? So imagine the whole arena floor packed with brewers as well as the concourse all the way around. Um, as well as the uh, Goose Island train car doing rotating pours of ridiculous, ri- that's you know, old that, Goose Island. That is so fun to like walk through. Clark and I did uh, recording one walking through there at one point <laughs> for the Fobab episode. But yeah, that 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 is kind of a really fun thing. Like especially if the weather is like not too bad outside yeah. to go out there. But if it is bad, not there might not be a lot of people waiting out there. So it's okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they do they do a nice that's job. A lot. Everyone's waiting out there. <laughs> they put uh you know there's uh barrel fires for you to stand around if it's cold. Um you know I'm I'm hoping that it uh it stays eighty degrees for the next that would be know, great, month. Man. So yeah. we we well, you're screwed tomorrow it won't be eighty but that's all right. <laughs> no but see like if it's like that I think the perfect weather is like sixty like when you're drinking heavy beers, like, sure. you know, sixty to sixty-five. Like I'll even go, I'll go seventy. I'll go seventy on you, Brandon. Seventy and overcast. No, because then, then I get sweaty. <laughs> I get sweaty when I'm drinking the big beers. Those hum- the humidity kicks yeah. in. Yeah, I can't have that. <laughs> then you just have to have some of the you know barrel-aged sours. I would yeah, wear shorts yeah. anyways. Yeah, that. That's true. Uh, or or my favorite last year was the new edition of barrel-aged lagers. There we go. And barrel-aged lagers were something that I've never experienced before, but I fell in love. Um, you know, uh, in terms of the location, in terms of the venue itself, um, Fobab is a festival that's intentionally not oversold and kept small for a reason. We could sell a lot more tickets than we do. Um, but you know, the fact that it's in a big arena, but we still keep it very intimate. You're not waiting in line for beer. I've been to plenty of beer festivals where you spend most of your time waiting in line and chewing on your pretzel necklace. So, you know, having the opportunity to kind of literally walk up and try anything you want. Obviously, you know, for some of the hype beers, there'll be a couple people in front of you, but you know, we have a great set of volunteers that work through the lines really quickly, and so you're not waiting more than just a minute or two for pretty much anything you want. I think even <laughs> once we got past the first hour mm-hmm. there before everybody was let in last year, which is also a VIP yeah. hour as well, um, I don't think we waited very long at all. And I, I did think, I was like, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be, it's probably going to get really crazy in here right away. But like Brandon said, it didn't really get crazy as far as like having to like get, to, I think you or Clark were trying to get to a specific beer that was announced. And the, I, was I, Clark? Clark. And then Clark he was ran like, down there. Yeah, he ran down there. And then all of a sudden he was like, I, I'm not getting through this. I'm just going <laughs> to grab something else. But the, I think that, you're, that that is the only time there was really like, I think maybe at most we had in front of us, there was a, I was getting a Benthic pour from Half Acre. And there was a line. And I was like, oh, I'll wait in it. And I think I was we were through the line and like, under two minutes, yeah. like it was just, it, it just moved so well, and that, that's great. That how many people like that you guys limit it, and it's not to be like, hey, screw you guys, you can't come, but it's for people who are going to be able to enjoy, yeah, to yeah. enjoy the experience. The, the experience is everything, right? Barrel aged beer is like a full blown sensory experience. It's not you're just not throwing down shots of beer and moving on right. to the next plan. How many beers can I get? You in? can, but don't. You, you can, but I highly advise yeah. against it. You are not. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yes. Do not gonna, do that. And you are going to ruin your next day. Yes. Um, and night. <laughs> yes, probably right. Um, but you know, having the, the the space to kind of step away and really really taste something and experience it and take you know a couple of moments with you know, whatever pour you have in front of you and just really enjoy it. Because, you know, one thing about barrel aged beer festivals and especially FOBAB, which is the largest one in North America, and I would say probably the best, but you know, that's just me. Um, I haven't been to other ones, but I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the opportunity to try these beers that are one-offs, you're never going to be able to experience this beer right. again because, you know, whatever the barreling and blending process they went through that time 
is never going to be the same. The temperature in that warehouse is never going to be the same. And that's what I love so much about barrel aged beers because there's so much variables that go into it. And it really just shows the artistry of craft beer and the, and, and, you know, and what it really is because, you know, anybody can brew beer. We're many, proof of it. We're proof of many it. people <laughs> could brew decent beer. But Brandon's proof of that. But there's very few people <laughs> that could consistently um, create um, amazing barrel-aged beers. Yeah. And we are lucky enough to have 200 of them come to Illinois every November and get to showcase it to the world because it's worldwide people come. It's... Well, so, no, please, go ahead. I was just saying, we're extremely lucky, ourselves included, that we have so many great breweries around us that the camaraderie between learning from Marty with Rev to... Sean with Phase 3, to David from Moore, to everyone else in between and uh, who we're working with. And we love sharing secrets and making the best stuff. And I just saw recently uh, Doug Vilecki um, posting about their new barley wine. And that's going to be the one that I'm making a beeline for. Hey-o. Like, them talking about this possibly being the best barley wine they've ever made. Mm. When they've already made some of the best that yeah. I've ever had, I'm like, <laughs> that's exciting. Okay, well, I'm definitely <laughs> heading right there. Yeah. Are there any that you guys have uh, heard about or excited for certain breweries or certain styles? I will say the only thing that I've heard so far, I haven't done a lot of digging, uh, but Joe, uh, our friend Joe Steigerwald, who works the Corridor and Dry Hop and Crushed by Giants, I'm pretty sure it's Dry Hop is what he's talking about. Uh, they're doing an imperial stout that was aged in Malort barrels that I believe is called Throwing Chairs, which I think is such a great name, especially for that style. Now, if I'm wrong about the the brewery, uh, it's either Corridor, Crushed by Giants, or Dry Hop. Almost positive. It's, it's in that family. Yeah, it's in that family. Uh, when I heard that, because Dry Hop did a pale ale aged in Malort barrels, which was very interesting. Malort has grown on me. I get it. Um, I also think a lot of people who love Malort, I think you're making it up. I think you're lying. Yeah, Matthew, I think you're lying. I love you're it. You're lying. I, I like it. I think you're lying. How many shots did we do at Fest? A lot. Hey, we saw you at Fest. Oh, that right? was great. That was great. Oh, we yeah. just talk more about that. Yeah, too. We, we will. We'll, we'll get it. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, there's you know acquired taste for things, but I have come to appreciate Malort. Uh, so the paleo was really interesting. Um, I didn't think I was gonna like it, uh, and I feel like they they nailed like what was refreshing about a pale ale, but also you got Malort. <laughs> so I'm really interested to see what an, uh, an imperial stout aged in uh, Malort barrels. Okay, so like. remember when? So I have a, a refrigerator back in there that was had an obscene amount of beer. It still has an obscene amount of beer, but there was there was some really really old stuff in there. And I was talking to Tony. I'm like, I'm gonna do a purge. I'm just gonna like take stuff out. I'm just gonna. So I grabbed a five gallon bucket, threw it down. And because I, I don't, well, I was wasting beer at this point, but like there were some beers that were like five years old, but they're like lagers and whatever. So I'm dumping them out and truth be told, I sipped a little bit, dumped, <laughs> sipped a little bit. And I was like, am I regretting this? And a couple of them, yes. One of them was the Malort lager because yeah, I tried it and I was paleo. like, and I was, yeah. or the paleo, I was like. There's no Malort in here anymore. Oh, and it's no. just a fucking good lager. And I was like, and I opened a pale, crawler pale. of it, and I was like, well, there. So I poured a glass of it, dumped the rest of it, and then I was like, oh, so sad. That's a bummer. It's about when that happens. But there was literally, at the end, there was like three gallons of beer that I dumped. But I was like, then the fridge was so clean. He also took a picture and sent it to me, and I said, there are some in there that you actually can save. There was Ghost Ride from Revolution that when they were doing cases of it during the pandemic, they were giving out if you would order beer. And I had had... I got a case of it when I picked up. Yeah. Well, and I, depending on how much you got, you got some cans of it. And my brother-in-law had some, and I was at his house, and I was like, let's see how this ghost ride held up in your fridge. It's fantastic. I mean, literally, like, there was no change in it. Yeah, that was a good So beer. I made him keep it. That was really good. All right, sorry. We're diverting from... No, from I, th- I think I think it's a great a great piece to, to talk about there is that you know, people accuse us of, of slow rolling the brewer list or slow rolling the beer list. And people are <laughs> clamoring to know what beers are there before they buy their tickets. Sure. They want to know, you know, the you're guaranteed to have a great time trying amazing beers. But, you know, the reason why we do that is because brewers don't even know what they're bringing. Absolutely. Because right? you don't know how that beer is going to come out of the barrel until you taste it. And you don't know how much you're going to have to blend um, or add additional adjuncts until you taste through them. So brewers wait until like the last possible moment to let us know because they want to be 
100% comfortable and, you know, they want to present an impressive beer because people are coming from all over the country, both to have their beer judged and have their beer tasted. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they want to put their best foot forward because, you know, year after year, we're finding a win at Fobab, you know, is right up there with the Great American Beer Festival or the World Beer Cup. Because, yeah. you know, it is something that is a badge that m many smaller breweries have really kind of vaulted into success on the backs of. And well, so we're really proud and of that. Kind of, and on that point, so even at Great American Beer Festival last year when we were there, we were running around looking for Brickstone Brewery, like trying oh, yeah. to find them. And like they, like they were on the list, they were on the map. And then I'm like, I start texting Tommy. I'm like, where the fuck are you? Like, wh why aren't you here? And he told me, he's like, there was an issue with the beer, one of the beers, and there's some other things that came into play, and they, they just couldn't make it. And he didn't want to bring something that just wasn't, like, yeah. why would you go all the way to Denver to bring shit yeah, that's not Something that you don't want to, like, represent yourself. Or it's going to, like, leave a bad taste in people's mouths. People like, remember a bad beer than a More beer. than a good beer. With, no, with, more than a beer that they didn't try at all. <laughs> without, a, without a doubt, and you know, especially the barrel age process, that th those become destination breweries for people, right? And so to put forth a beer that is shit, like people are going to remember that, yeah, absolutely. And people are not going to check you out again because they're going to write off, even if you are like a lager brewery or you know anything like that. They're going to say, "I had a beer from them; it was terrible. I'm not doing it." And so, by and large, most of the beers that are brought to Fobab are astoundingly delicious. To your point about like how much goes into like brewing for me, I, I, growing up, my dad was a chef and he was always better at baking than he was at cooking. His cooking is still very good, but his baking was really great. And I suck at baking because baking is way more science driven than cooking. Cooking, you can like throw salt, do something else, acid, you know, you can. If something's not you can working, be more creative. That's right. You, you get a chance to like you can do taste it on the your fly. way through it. Exactly. Too, right? Yeah. And so brewing, I always felt that it's kind of the same way. Like you can't really taste your way through the process unless you're getting when you get into like the barrel aging, like you're talking about blending and things like that, which is still like there's a lot of you know a whole bunch of hard work and science and patience that goes into it. But then you also get a chance to play around with it a little bit more. So until you find just the right combination or the right blends, like I feel like that is as exciting as you know if, if you're doing cooking or baking like being able to create something not on the fly but like have, oh, i had this idea what if we do this what if we had this and being able to play with it before you know you're done with it so you want to put out the best possible thing and i feel like trying to explain that to people who don't or who haven't tried barrel aged beers or don't know anything about barrel aged beers like i feel like that's even more exciting to be like try this ipa you know because yeah, sure. i feel like you know this ipa is really great and this is what you get these fruit notes and there's pine notes and things like that which you know, as we all know, there are some there's great things to talk about when it comes to IPAs and different styles. But I think barrel aged beers are very special in that essence of like there's a lot of hard work that goes into it and a lot of risk that goes into it. It's not just like brewing a batch and being like, oh, that's a shitty beer. It's like we're doing this beer and now we're gonna put it in this barrel and just hope everything works out. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot more that goes into no, it, but, but like at the end of the day, like if you're gonna break down to like the most basic, simplistic terms. That's what you got to do. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I feel like there's a lot more love and thought and, and, and process that goes uh, into barrel-aged beers. Yeah. It's definitely the both the, you know, the sweet science and alchemy and artistry of brewing kind of all together, right? Um, Did you just come up with a beer name right there? That was great. <laughs> sweet science and alchemy. Hey, don't take that. I'm taking it, Matthew. I'm going to make it for my own goddamn homebrew for my... Terrible barrel-aged beer that's going to suck. It's fine. Just dump a ton of chocolate and a ton of coconut <laughs> in it. No, this guy gets it. I think one of the things that's made it so special over 21 years and growing is that, to me, when I was first trying barrel-aged beers, it was people taking one of their like higher-gravity stouts and going, this is really good. Let me throw it in barrels. And what you're seeing now and what you have with a lot of stouts is... And I think where you have kind of this baking and cooking combination where some of it is knowing what you're doing on the brew side, but you're also a lot of times making a beer that you don't want to drink fresh because it's going right. to be too hot, uh, too sticky. It doesn't have what it needs and it really needs that time and age sometimes for 14, 15, 18 months. 
to sit in barrels and it is a lot of risk because you could have infected barrels you could especially if it's the first time you're ever trying that kind of thing you go nope i overshot this this was too dry now it's been too long and now you have this over oaked uh stout and then you're trying to do stuff with it and so how do i make this work (laughs) yeah and so let's do stuff to it (laughs) well add lactose and chocolate (laughs) well and you re-blend you take other barrels and uh which is again like that's like the whole fun thing like to me that would be like terrifying and fun as like if i owned a brewery i'm like oh fuck what do we do but then also like man it's really fun like we all came up with these ideas and it's so awesome if you can make it work to make it into something that's like whoa that's so awesome well and for me one of the things that i love about phobab and it might just be my own miserly mind but like i love getting to try all these beers because some of these beers can cost 15 20 30 dollars for a can or a two-pack or a 750 and and, so and (laughs) rightfully so because there's so much going into it and there are so many great breweries putting out so many good beers and so I only have X amount of dollars to spend on good beers every year. And so being able to go to Fobab and try all these beers and go, oh, damn, I really want that VSOJ from Rev. Oh, damn, I love that Benthic. Yeah. Um, but I really like that version. So I'm going to spend my money on that version. Yeah. And you really get to curate and find uh, what especially the season is because, you know, we have Krampus coming up and that's a huge one going in from. Nice plug, man. Nice plug. <laughs> it was good. Smooth. Hey, you know. I, I love what we're doing, but there's... Uh, hey, man, we're, we're not shy of Krampus. We no, but Krampus. That's, it's, it's one of the great and, like, sad things of being in such a, like, highly hundred and something breweries in Chicago with over 300 in Illinois. And when there are so many good, as I said, we get to learn so much, um, but there's a lot of great beer on the shelves now. Yeah. So. It, it is tough when it comes to barrel-aged beer season, living in... The Chicagoland area, the greater Chicagoland area, because there is so much and I do want everything. And I do love that there is so much because rarely is there a time where I'm like, oh, I can't get a hold of this or I can't get my hand on it. Um, Not because I know people, but because it's there is so much that like it's not just sitting around like in a bad way, but there's enough now on the shelves where it's like, oh, good. I can still go grab a two pack of that or I can grab a four pack of or I can grab a bottle of it. So I think we're really lucky. But I mean, we, it is it is it is a blessing of riches, and that's even just in the retail tier, right? Yeah. You know, retailers only take a small percentage of right. the craft beer, right? So if you really wanted to get something or get into the weeds, you know, Matt, Matthew's right. There's 70 breweries in Chicago, 160 in the Chicago land area, and uh, most of those barrel aged beauties are sitting in those tap rooms. Yeah. Because. Mm-hmm there is not enough production of them to right. warrant distribution or retail sales. You know, like I said, a lot of these are one-offs. And yeah. so if you really come to Fobab and experience something that you absolutely love, you know, that is a great way to go back and support that brewery and go check that place out. Um, because, you know, you know, breweries are having a, a tough moment right now coming out of the pandemic, right? We had 30, 30 breweries in Illinois announce or close over the past 12 months. And so it's a time for us to kind of come out and support this industry, especially going into a traditionally slow time, um, winter through January, February, March. Um, so this is our opportunity to come out, try awesome beer, and spend lots of money in tap rooms. And that's the other thing to be said <laughs> about, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are pointing out, <laughs> uh, when you're talking about like you know visiting tap rooms to, to try these beers and other beers, and especially like these one-offs, a lot of places breweries uh when they do a release of like say hey, hey here's our barrel aged stout but if you come to the brewery there's literally like limited one-offs that will never be canned never be distributed like to go there and try them like it's it makes the experience even better you know like oh good i'm getting this like you know four pack or two pack of a beer and also on tap there's some things that are not going to be distributed. So I get to try this as well. It's just, it kind of just, you know, becomes like this whole, I love this time of year, man. I really do. And I'm also a big fan of Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. So it's like, this is like the, I love the end of the year. And then January hits and it's a shit show for everybody. Everyone's depressed. We just want spring to come quick. Forget my birthday and the Super Bowl around the same time. No one forgets the Super Bowl. Overshadows my birthday. That's because people stop drinking in January and they just need to drink more. Now, I do, Brandon and I both do it, but last year what I did, 
uh, during dry January is I made it a point for each weekend to still go either to like beer on the wall or a brewery and buy something and Love I it. saved it to make sure that when February, my birthday, rolled around at the Super Bowl, I had a whole bunch of shit. I just want you guys to remember my birthday's in February. <laughs> by the way, happy birthday, Matthew, because by the time this is out, it's already your birthday. Oh, thank you. Hey. Yeah, you, know, you did. You're 43. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, maybe I need to come back to it. <laughs> um, I, and I did that only specifically because, you know, I'm, we're, we're friends with brewers and, and people who work in the industry, and January and everything is like a rough time for like sales so why not i mean just because you're gonna do dry january if you want to give yourself a break do it i I encourage it it's awesome it's a great time to drink uh hoppy water uh which is also very delicious and any any beer that you want to do i keep knocking into these ritz i'm so sorry it's calling my name um but also there's no reason why you shouldn't still go out and support the breweries and then just think about it february 1st is going to be awesome you have like a nice like selection that's only four trips you need to make if you do it each weekend at least you know hit up a brewery or something just go out there. i mean you could do more but it's a good it's a good way to, to do it my, my producer's telling me we need to take a break real quick and we'll be right back is that right brandon yeah. you're the producer <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Moldenhauer, in the last episode, you said uh, about Germans, it's not the right way that the Germans would pronounce it. How would the Germans pronounce your last name? Moldenhauer. Okay, we're not doing that. Welcome back. We're talking uh, <laughs> Fobab. And uh, well, before we get into that... Uh, we're talking to Fobab. We're talking to Fobab. We're talking about Fobab. We're drinking Bezel Juice, which is a triple hazy IPA from Old Irving. Just canned today, am I correct? Yeah. This, this is fantastic. Uh, I don't have my glasses. Looks like it's a 10.3% alcohol. 10.3. It's, it's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a collab with Alarmist. Uh, it is literally just the words bees and le jus put together. Mm. Bezel juice, bezel juice. Bezel juice. He said it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tis the season. Oh, bezel yeah. juice. Just <laughs> interesting bezel juice. I don't even know how to grow bezel juice. That would be an excellent Halloween costume. Yeah. Ooh, hey. <laughs> He got into the first can a little bit early. <laughs> That's gone. He shotgunned it. But yeah, this one's uh, four different types of citra, uh, citra pellets, uh, cryo citra, uh, and then two different types of hop o- citra hop oils that you use uh, in the whirlpool, and then uh, right at the bright, uh, just get as much really big, boisterous flavors off of uh, just being able to showcase one hop. This is intense, in a good way. Like, this, the it, I've... The citra, I love citra hops, and having it four different ways in there, like, I'm really, I, I hope, man, I hope everybody gets to try this. And again, not blood smoke of your ass, I'll tell you if I don't like your beer, I will tell you to your stupid face <laughs> that I hate your beer. <laughs> you I'm, to, I'm waiting for it. You just need to make one I don't like. It's, but, but, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, that is a, 
That is a, a triple idea. Yeah. yeah, and one little connection back to Fobab and big stuff is that uh, hopefully, I know Alarmus is trying to see if they can still get it entered. They have a uh, barrel age collab with us Ooh. that they might be able to get ready uh, for Fobab. We'll Ooh. see. Uh, there's some really fun, fun stuff with that. But with these kind of big beers and big stouts, I really like being able to have some. It <laughs> <laughs> was my segue. You, took, you threw it out to, to me, and then I threw it to Brandon. And now Matthew's doing it. Go ahead, go ahead, complete it. You've gone this far. It's a good segue. You know, I'm just getting a little bit drunk off this 10.3. I I just need some things that are a little bit easier to drink. And so one of the things that we're really excited to be a part of at Fobab is sponsoring the Lager Lounge, uh, which we'll be able to showcase till death. But Ray, what other uh, amazing the lager the breweries? You're not showcasing it until you die. The, be- the, the beer is till death. You never know. We will have the Lager Lounge till death, yeah, I promise. I hope so. No, the Lager Lounge, you know, is... Uh, you know, kind of the brainchild of, of, of a number of brewers last year about, you know, how how can we kind of showcase a style of beer in addition to barrel-aged beer that we are doing incredibly well here in the state of Illinois and, you know, give people a little reprieve. And, you know, before I even jump into the Lager Lounge, there is going to be an a- NA Lounge provided by um, Re- Revolution Brewing where they're going to provide their new hop water, which is absolutely delicious. And really? if anybody has not tried it, please don't walk, run out and try it. You know, we worked the Goose Island block party a couple of weeks ago and, and I got home sweaty at two in the morning after helping breaking things down. And, you know, I opened one of those hop waters because it was too late for me to open a beer at two o'clock in the morning. Let's not lie to ourselves. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, yeah. and um, you know, I just needed to be refreshed. And it just, it just really was a tremendous sensory experience. There's way more kind of hops in it than most other hop waters. And I just, I just found it del- delicious, well, but. If I remember, uh, Doug did a whole video. I want to say they're using uh, nectar on hops net. Yeah, which is just this like over the top, juicy Southern Tropic hops that just goes so well with it. That gives you this really great grapefruit essence and water. That it is hops, but honestly, for people who don't even like hops, I would say still really good. It's great. And so the the other thing I've noticed too is that they're one of the only hop waters that I've seen on the market that actually lists the hops that are in the Ooh, product crap. on the can. Yeah. Um and so you know for a beer drinker looking for a little bit of a reprieve, um it's it's a great way to to jump in, but the Lager Lounge, man, I'm I'm so excited about it this year. Um, you know, it's going to be in the same place if you guys are faux bad veterans, but you know, I'm just going to go through the list and this is, this is a hot drop because we have not released this list yet. It's exclusive. (laughs) I hope old Irving made it. (laughs) So we, we have some really, really heavy hitters. So Flipside Brewing, More Brewing, Art History Brewing, Revolution, Cruz Blanca, Light the Lamp, which is an awesome brewing up in Gray's Lake, if you guys haven't been there, by the way. Tiny place, making great beer. Goldfinger, which is just one of my favorites all around. Old Urban Brewing, Matthew, you guys are okay. You did it! Yes! So proud of you! Actually great. Um, Tighthead Brewing up in Mundelein, small brewery, making a really great beer. Um, Dovetail Brewing, Phase 3 Brewing, um, Hidden Hand, Alchemist, or alarmist, sorry, Gary Gully. <laughs> alchemist is there? No, no, not the alchemist. I know, uh, you know. Gary would call you something very specific. Yeah, if he, if I he heard you. I apologize, Gary. <laughs> don't uh, apologize don't, to Gary. Don't, that don't guy come would after a goddamn apology. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Gary. We still care. We still you. <laughs> you guys are so silly. Miskatonic um, and Riverlands Brewing, and so those are those are a real real that's heavy that's list nice of, of of hitters that's, there how many how many longers did we, did we did you guys have last year way less than that right? i think like, it was like it was five a, or six four, i was gonna say yeah i thought it was like four or five and so year. now we've kind of you know allowed it to be co-opt and you know the the brewers are coming together um they're going to provide their own kind of experience last year remember it was like very it was almost like a dive bar with with scratch tickets yeah. and and so i think oh, we're yeah. going to have like awesome. a very kind of new experience there in the lager lounge so we, we're pretty we, excited. we had a lot of fun hanging out at the lager lounge last year uh, because it was a nice break from i mean the sessions are long enough and with having big beers it is nice to it, it helps you pace yourself where it's like i'm at a beer fest i want to have beer you don't have to just go, you know, balls to the wall and just like drink fourteen percent beers all day long. It yeah. it becomes. I mean, you can. You can. Don't and many opinion. people do. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's great. 
But really, it, I think it made it a more enjoyable experience to be able to take a break and be like, I'm gonna go and stand over here in the lager lounge and have just a beer to kind of reflect, but like refresh my palate, clean it. And that's why we were mentioning the NA stuff too. Yeah. Like, I'm way more excited about the NA, like hot water and shit like that. To I will probably be up there a lot more with the NA uh, options uh, than I was last year. And I, we, like I said, we spent a, a lot of time. We made a lot of friends. Lot of <laughs> we got stickers and stuff, making people take pictures with us. It was great. Um, but being able to like have hot water in between like barrel-aged beers, so not only am I getting refreshed, it's something that's delicious, I'm also hydrating a little bit better tasty hydration and then you know you don't feel so bad going back down and like grabbing you know oh now i'm gonna try something else now i'm gonna have you know one or two more samples go back up and, and you know if you don't want to drink regular water hoppy water is great or if you just want a refreshing beer to like you know take a break from drinking heavy stuff that's it's also a great move yeah that's, that's a real. i think that's probably one of the smartest things to add to phobab because phobab already being as cool as it is that now makes it like even cooler yeah, and it's a good chance, like you said, to go up there and we always have a, a downloadable brochure for where everything is to like kind of, you know, sip a low gravity beer or a, a hop water and just kind of look at the listing and say, oh man, we miss miss this brewery or this beer looks really great. So let's go down and, and try it out. So um, it's, you know, it's a reprieve. It You know, it's kind of the idea is, is providing a, a, a different kind of sensory experience and you know it's been really effective over the past years i'm excited it's getting extended and so now there's you know th you know four really distinct areas you know there's the tasting room floor there's the na lounge there's the logger lounge and then there's the outside with goose island you know you could have four very different experiences over your time there and really enjoy every single one of them i feel like the logger lounge and having the na stuff is also a good time to remind yourself now it's time to eat <laughs> you know like i don't really want to barely just have one of me i'm not gonna lie but if you've got like a logger crisp delicious logger and you know maybe that chicken sandwich that i had oh yeah pretty good. Are we going back to Brandon's kitchen corner? Welcome to Brandon's kitchen corner. We're talking food, baby. I didn't make a chicken sandwich. Uh, I did. Um, Found it. But yeah, that's a great... <laughs> that was my segue for us to talk about food in an episode again. Uh, but I mean, it, 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 is, it is awesome, and I'm excited that it is uh, extended as well. And I, I do think something like that makes what's already a cool experience into something even better. Without a doubt. And so, I... I've been to plenty of beer festivals over the course of my life, and you know, even though it's 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 you know part of my job, you know, Fobab is unparalleled. It's an unparalleled experience, and if you are going to, you know, spend some money on it and go to a beer festival, Fobab is is the one, especially in the Chicagoland area or Illinois, and you know, maybe even the Midwest. I would say it's just so unique compared to anything else. So we talked about the, the NA Lounge being the new thing. We talked about um, kind of the spread of stuff in the Lager Lounge. Is there anything that you may know of offhand that um, is coming to the festival that has not been there before or just something that you're excited about being there? I'm, you know, I'm excited for, um, you know, the, the breadth of breweries that are coming. There's a lot of breweries that have pretty national claim. That have never showed up to Fobab, and I'm going to tease that there before. Ooh, um, at, that have signed up to come, and so there's going to be you know breweries from across this country that you know probably many of the attendees have 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 only heard of in kind of you know beer magazines or the internet yeah. that we're going to be able to try some of their best products. So, so we're excited. Yeah, and so I'm like I'm a legwork kind of guy, especially like with my job, just doing like the background and the research and finding stuff. Yeah. Um, what What's the process for like, you know, Fobab and well, any of the fests that you guys do, like for reaching out to breweries? Is it just like a blind, like, all right, here's a list, let's just shoot out an email, or are you on a listserv, or like? We're we're very selective with who we invite to Fobab and who we accept to Fobab, and so it's a pretty rigorous assignment that's taken on by um, our deputy director, Katie Carrier, who does a wonderful job, you know, putting this festival together and doing a lot of the kind of the behind the scenes work. Um, but you know, we, we don't go out and solicit breweries for Fobab. P 
people people come out and find us wow. and they find us from around okay. the country and that so, was that was kind of like the the crux of my question yeah it's like are you, are you doing the leg work or people people leg, want to come the you legs know? coming to you the legs are coming to us but there is still a pretty rigorous kind of evaluation period you know where we do research on people that have applied to come and, and kind of find out more about them because you know just like anything you know while we're blessed with so many great breweries here in illinois across the country there's some good breweries and there's some bad breweries and there's some breweries that are in it for the right reasons there's some breweries that aren't in it for the right reasons sure. so we just make sure that we ha- are creating the best possible environment for the consumer the ticket buyer but also it's a great brewers festival and i'm sure matthew could tell you about it because we we put extra special attention to feeding these guys drinking these guys providing space for them to hang out you know, many festivals are up there sweating and pouring the whole time. You know, this festival is all volunteers, so it's an opportunity for, for you guys to hang out and really enjoy yourselves. Yeah, and I will say, if you want to find a brewer in the wild, that lager lounge is going to be... It's kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, how did we get the brewers to do it? <laughs> Crazy. Oh, it's what they like doing and just drinking? Oh, amazing. Now, we, we did get a chance last year to go hang out in the brewer's lounge. Was, was a lot of fun. Uh, we saw a lot of people that have been on the show and people that we talked to. Uh, we realized later uh, in the day that we had access there, so it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah, well, we do. Yeah. No, it was great. But like, you really, you guys really do. Like, it felt like it felt like a VIP section, but it was for the VIP for the right people. And yeah. like, here's everybody that's put this out for everybody that's here to drink. Yeah. So it's it's. That's, that's really cool. I'm sure we'll get to have some guests come in during the week of, of people coming in out of town just like we did going to Denver. But I will say, it makes me a little sad being in Chicago, not being able to just stay at the hotel next to there, <laughs> just having those couple days in a row hanging out with everyone. I still can do that, but then I still have to find my way actually home, yeah, which is <laughs> a little bit different. That's real world stuff on the way home. Well, yeah. So you kind of mentioned um, GABF. And, like there's... When GMBF happens, there's a like whole host of different events that happen around the entire area. Do like, is there anything like guild sanctioned that like kind of coincides with uh, Fobab, or is because I know the only thing I could say is I know like the the big one that I know of now is like Microphone does Microfobab, and they yeah. do, like their thing. Like I don't know if it's like guild sanctioned or like i mean they're, they're part of the guild so. yeah they're part of the guild and like you know there there are a fair amount of kind of barrel age uh pop-ups that happen even in retailers and we're the more power to them um but ooh, um, <laughs> i was waiting for you to not talk <laughs> but um Gentlemen. you know the fo- the singular focus of of what we're trying to put on is is, is Fobab. And so, you know, Goose Island has a really great reception for the brewers the, the night before. Um, uh, the, brewer, the, the distiller of, of Malort um, is actually going to have kind of a pre-Fobab party for some of the brewers. Um, and so, you know, we try to make it really fun for the brewers. And so we're really focused on providing a good environment for them. Yeah. But I will say, just like as you were saying before, how many breweries, you know, kind of hold off saying what they're going to be bringing to the last minute uh, because of that, there's actually a lot of beers that if you look around Chicago in the month or weeks uh, coming up to it, we have a couple of the beers that we're going to be submitting that we're finishing up and getting ready. So like, there will be people who can come to the tap room for us. And I'm sure at a lot of other breweries uh, that will be, you know, having a little bit of those previews, which will be short lived. A lot of these times you might only have, a couple barrels of beer and a lot of that's going to Fobab. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, especially if you look around at the big, big places around Chicago, you'll start seeing some of these barrel aged beers popping up a little bit beforehand and releasing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's there, there's so much work that goes into producing an event like Fobab, you know, and it's, it's, there's so much intentional work. And I feel like there's a lot of beer festivals that just kind of like, Oh, we'll just ask brewers to come and they'll just show up and bring their jockey boxes and pour beer. And, you know, we'll charge people 50 bucks and we'll make our money and it'll be done. But 
you know, everything we, we do at FOBAB is, is intentional and is with a purpose to, you know, not, not only provide the consumer or the ticket buyer, you know, the best possible experience, but, you know, to showcase this industry and how important it is to, you know, not just the Illinois economy, but the United States economy. You know, we support 20,000 jobs here in Illinois. And so the health of the brewing industry is, you know, a vital, becoming a vital pillar of the, the Illinois economy. Yeah, so I, like there's, you know, I don't, you may know the, the official number. I don't know, there's been a lot of closings lately, but like all the brewers in Illinois, how many of them step up to help with the organization? Because I know we ran into some friends uh, last year, uh, Tobias and Ray from yep. Rabbit Brewing. They were, they said they were helping organize. But like, how many, like, do these brewers just volunteer to help organize? Or? Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of them do. And so, you know, um, Garrett from Pipeworks is is uh, is the key, a key member of the judging team. Many of our best brewers um, are judges in the Fo- the FOBAB competition. A lot of them are certified judges. Um, and so, you know, cause it's not just the festival, it's the judging portion of it is, is equally as important. And I think probably the catalyst for why a lot of, you know, the national acclaim for this festival. So, you know, it's a, all hands on deck, you know, the guild, um, is a small nonprofit organization, yeah. but we are, we are mighty and powerful when we start bringing in kind of our partners and our friends and our enthusiasts. And that's how we're able to pull off such an incredible fest with, you know, a, such a such a small staff so are the judges the same every year does it kind of rotate or generally judging is is pretty consistent um because judges love this festival yeah. <laughs> um i can and, imagine why <laughs> yeah but it's also gonna real quick it's also gonna be a daunting task though to go through all of those fog and beers that are in. W- without without a doubt and there's lots of processes but the thing about judging at fobab and which makes it different than traditional judging settings is that you know it doesn't we don't necessarily follow the same um, standards that are set up for the Great American Beer Festival or the World Beer Cup because there's very specific sensory. ACP. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so there's very specific sensory standards for each style of beer. We kind of throw a lot of that out the window, right? Because there's not very specific sensory standards for barrel aged lagers. Right. You know, so so it really comes is down. Is this good? Is it good? <laughs> but you know, these judges are so well trained and their palates are judges. so sophisticated that they could kind of pick up any of the off flavors or any right. anything that wrong with the beer. So there's stuff that they can apply from what they know as being regular. Without a doubt. Which I think you have to be especially sensitive when you're drinking a 16% adjuncted yeah. sticky stout and go, I think there might be dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you can pick that up, that's... You're good. Because I mean, a lot of uh, drinkers may not. You're good. But the, the judging program is great. We're actually... Um, you know, this is a little a little nerdy, but we're switching from kind of paper judging slips this year to an online portal where judges okay. can enter scores and breweries nerdy. can that's get exciting. breweries can get feedback almost in real time, which is nice. Oh, that's because cool. a lot of a lot of times breweries wait for a long time to get their feedback from when they enter competitions. Yeah. And, and that feedback is important to make the product better. And so this allows us to really just kind of blast out the information as soon as it's ready back to the brewers. Very cool. Yeah. Real quick, we opened up another beer, by the way, while we're, we're talking here. Uh, it is Cascades Brewing Creek. Uh, it is from 2015. It is a sour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. aged in oak barrels. So, it's so good. It's our it's our second beer from 2015. Hey, look at us. Look at us go. I Not planned. Is there something that happened at Fobab in 2015? Did we? Is that the first time I went to Fobab? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, well, that's something else real quick that... You know, FOBAB isn't just, like, we've talked a lot about, like, stouts and bourbon barrel-aged things, but, like, there's more to FOBAB other than lagers and barrel-aged stouts. Like, um, God, what did I have? Beer for tacos from... Uh, off-color. Off-color, aged in tequila barrels. Yep. Oh, that there's, was, there's, that was there's meads, there's... there's Sour beers, like it's not yeah. just you know. No stouts. wild wild Brett beers yeah, are yeah. freaking delicious oh and good and ready. Yeah, not even like not to take away from the lagerage, but those are oh, also yeah. like really good, refreshing, like delicious beers to have during. Oh yeah, festival. all the barley yeah. ones, all the I mean, and all the experimental mm-hmm. wood barrel aged stuff. Yeah, I mean between you know you can go from strong stouts and porters, you know, to fruit beers to experimental specialty beers to. You know, wild beer mixed culture with acidic fruit. Like, yeah. there's just so much that you could try there, and it all like 
experiences the wood differently, right? And yeah. so you're going to get very different notes from a sour or something that's more acidic or a wild. You're going to get more funk. And I mean funk in the best possible way. Um, and so that's what makes it so cool. Because, yeah, you could go rip through, you know, 40 stouts and be like, well, I'm, I'm drunk and yeah. full. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But, you know, if you cut it with some of these more, you know, tart beers, like it really cuts through it very, very nicely. And especially if you're, you know, hydrating properly in between and experience at Lager Lounge, the NA Lounge, it just makes it such a, such a wonderful kind of sensory experience. I really wanted to make a joke of when you said experiencing the wood differently, but I didn't. <laughs> I saved it till just now. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to cut you off because you're talking about good stuff and that's why you're on here and I don't always dislike like our guests what do you guys think about this beer by the way real quick sheesh <laughs> i like you is where i was trying oh, to say okay sorry i mean this brings me back i remember when cascade was first coming out and these beers i couldn't afford anytime someone would buy a bottle and open it it just this is one of my favorite cakes and it's held up amazingly well like it still has that tart acidic really beautiful note but it's just I know how acidic this beer is, and I think the age has just made it so drinkable. Yeah. This is one of the only times I've ever had Cascade where I'm like, yeah, I could do, I could do 16 ounces of this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually not burning my chest. And I'll tell yeah. you this, when I bought it from the bottle shop that was, was, wasn't refrigerated, it went into my refrigerator back in 2018, 17? One of my favorite old places. It is. It sat in the fridge this time. It never left. It never took it out. So today was the first time it left the fridge since it got in there. So it's just been sitting about 45 degrees, uh, just remaining cool and taking its time to get to you, Matthew. Boy, it's cool. (laughs) The first time time I ever had Cascade was probably out in San Francisco. Uh, There's a bottle shop that I used to go to like when, when I started my job. Like, literally, every place they sent me was the Bay Area. And I'm like, there's a trainer that's in the Bay Area. But they were so backed up with all these trainings. They were like, oh, you're new, so you get all the new Bay Area clients. So I was flying out there, found this bottle shop that also served. And that's the place I would pick up, like, Pliny. I would pick up Cascade. And, like, I've done a work trip. I'm coming home, and I'd always save room in my suitcase just to bring a bunch of beers back. And I think, I, I don't know, like, I think I brought Cascade to a brew day one day. I was going like, to say, the cast. this is the... Probably the third time I've had a Cascade bottle, and the first time was with you, and I don't remember which one it was, but... Yeah, and, and now it's more readily available, but, like, back then it was, like... It wasn't even distributed here, and yeah, it was so good. So good. And it's still, like, this is, like, a great representation of, like, what it, like, what it was back then, um, years ago, and how well, like, these hold up when they're aging, man. Like, it's very impressive. And it's a good example of a beer... Uh, that is, you know, barrel aged. Yeah. Uh, that's not, you know, a big, heavy stout or barley wine. So there's a lot, I think, when it, like, the real noise why I keep bringing that up is I think a lot of people, when they think barrel aged, they think stout right away, mm-hmm. which makes sense, you know? I mean, that's, that's probably the that's most... the front runner. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, barrel aged stouts are delicious. But, I mean, there's so many other uh, beers that go into barrels that, you know, that's what Fobab really showcases. It's, it's not just the stouts. <clears throat> there's a lot more to it, and... It just sounds like it keeps getting better and better each year. <clears throat> it's definitely a style of beer that people are learning something from every year, right? And so, you know, because it's such an under underdeveloped science and underdeveloped style that, you know, this is the this is a sector of craft that is still becoming the best it can be. And so Fobab is, is a big part of that. So it makes it pretty special. Well, I think... For me, one of the really cool things, especially where it connects, is getting to work across aisles with the distillers with so many great, you know... Wolf- yeah, that's not even something we touched on. Yeah. yeah. Last year, we got to do a barrel-aged uh, tripel that we did in Wolf Point barrels uh, for the publican, and it was just a single barrel that we got, and it was just amazing. I think I had that. I had to have had that. You've had to have had that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's got those triples... I love my Belgian beers. Yeah. So there's a Trapel with honey, and then we age it in Wolf Point barrels. And getting to work with the local distiller and what they're doing, uh, it's one of those times that you just get to keep growing with another community because the amount of amazing distilleries popping up in the United States, in Colorado, and in Illinois is, yeah. is great. So it just gives even more opportunities for the future. 
Brandon just gave me the sign to wrap it up. I'm going to cut that right now. <laughs> I was actually going to go like this. Like, I'm trying to be respectful yeah. of uh, no, no, it was good. Ray's time. Yeah, that's right. I, no, no, and I felt bad, Matthew, because I was... Because we're literally at a half hour when he said, hey, got about a half and hour. And I did. Yeah, no, I'm, got, I'm like, this. we're in the 82nd minute at the game. So i got to try to back down <laughs> and pick him up. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It is something that I, I wish we talked a little bit more about. Maybe we'll do it next year, talking about FUB, and have a little bit more about, like, you know, the, the collaborations with the distilleries. But... Uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Ray, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Man. Oh, this is great. We love uh, having you on. Uh, you're three times, two more until you get the five-year jacket. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I earned my keep. <laughs> or five-time jacket, not five-year. But uh, <laughs> five years it is. Uh, but we're looking forward to FOBAB. Uh, we'll see you there. It was We didn't even get a chance to talk about Riot Fest for the short time that we walked. Oh. We'll, we'll have to catch up on that uh, off mic because I want to know who you saw. It won't be tonight. Uh, Matthew, hey, man. It's been wonderful as always. You know, we love having you here. Love you guys. Aww. Oh, man, look at this. Ray, we love you too. I just want you to know that. Thanks thanks good. for the jerky. Well, You're welcome. That's the reason why he's showing up now. Brandon, <laughs> love you, buddy. Love you too, man. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. This has been The Malting Hour. Be sure to follow us on all social media by searching The Malting Hour and at themaltinghour.com. You can also follow us individually on social media. Brandon can be found on Instagram as bmdub81, on Twitter, bdub81, and on Untapped as bdubdrinksbeer. Tony can be found on Instagram and Untapped under Ace of Help Chicago, on Twitter, the Ace of Help Chicago. Clark can be found as Clarkowski on all three. Dan can be found on Instagram as hip underscore underscore hops and hip hops on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until next time, cheers from all of us at the Malting Hour.